Well, I have no idea how you follow that. Was amazing. So fun. Way to go, kids. We will just follow it by diving right into our scripture passage for this morning, which comes from the Gospel of Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Amen. Well, what stands out to me this year in this story is the vulnerability of this moment. That the God of the universe would become so dependent on the answer of a teenage girl. Would be so committed to relationship that even though he clearly has the power to push his way through, he does not. Instead, God sends an angel to a teenager, and they talk back and forth, and he entertains her questions. The angel answers her questions, and all of heaven awaits her answer. Frederick Buechner, in his book, Peculiar Treasures, wrote these words about that scripture. She struck the angel Gabriel as hardly old enough to have a child at all, let alone this child. But he'd, in, he'd been entrusted, the angel, he'd been entrusted with a message to give her, and he gave it. He told her what the child was to be named and who he was to be and something about the mystery that was to come upon her. You mustn't be afraid, Mary, he said. And as he said it, he only hoped she wouldn't notice that beneath the great golden wings, he himself was trembling with fear. To think that the whole future of creation 
hung now on the answer of a girl. To think that the whole future of creation hung now on the answer of a girl. When I first read those words of Frederick Buechner's, it's like took my breath away. Imagine all the angels like gathered around, you know, looking on as this angel comes to Mary, says these words. Imagine like all the angelic hosts waiting. Like, what's she gonna say? Like, will she say yes? Come on, Mary, say yes. Like they're waiting. They're watching. The angel is waiting. The angelic hosts are waiting. The triune God is waiting. Freedom of choice, the exercise of free will, it seems to be like always top of God's list of priorities when he's interacting with human beings. God does not force a yes. He does not force his way. He does not coerce a yes from anyone. He doesn't trick anyone into a response of love. Seems to always give people the option of disobedience as well. It's the way God has been from the beginning. Like throughout the scriptures, we see how God would even allow people to continue in their disobedience, to turn them over. Sometimes the scripture says that turn them over to their own ideas of how they're going to make their own way, how they're going to make their own existence in the world. He'd allow them to even make their way into kind of their own prison of their own making. God will allow people to hit bottom if necessary. Like the rock bottom sometimes becomes the only firm ground from which people are able to finally say, Okay, yes, your will be done. It seems God respects our freedom. Since all the way back in the garden. And now those ways of God have culminated in this moment. When an angel stands before a girl answering her questions. And Frederick Buechner's quote just plants in my mind that idea like, were the angel's knees knocking? I wonder if he was trying to keep the quiver out of his voice as he's waiting, as all of heaven is waiting, as God's waiting. Like, will she do it? Will she say yes? We know the answer that Mary gave. She said, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your will, according to your word. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. And you just imagine, like, with this answer, all of heaven rejoices. There is a big rejoicing that happens because with this answer, a plan is set in motion, a plan that will cause light to shine in the darkness. With this answer, comes a new hope, a new peace, 
a new picture of love. And Mary's words give us words too. They're good words to keep on hand. They're good words to kind of like have in your back pocket. Mary's words are important because they're words of commitment. You know, they're, they're commitment words. They're good words when God's spirit prompts you to something. Maybe to something scary. Maybe to something you don't totally understand. Maybe to something that seems really crazy. It's like during Advent, we're preparing our hearts, and there's all these gifts contained in Advent. Last week, we talked about John the Baptist. We talked about empty space and allowing empty space to be filled with God. That's a gift of Advent. There are so many gifts in Advent. And today's story with Mary and the angel reminds us of another gift. It's the gift of commitment. It's the gift of turning toward God and making the commitment to offer ourselves as servants of the Lord. To say along with Mary, our own, yes, may it be so. Yes, here I am, servant of the Lord. And those are the kind of words, those are the kind of commitment sort of words that can change everything. Like Mary certainly was not the first to say those words. She is actually standing in a long line of witnesses who have been brave or ignorant or joyous or obedient or, you, you know, who knows, right? But who were willing to say to God's request, here I am. They were willing to say yes. I mean, you think back in the scriptures, you've got Noah. Noah says those same words, here am I. And then God instructs him to go on to build like a floating zoo and to live on it for a bunch of days. And he's probably thinking like, this is my reward for saying <laughs> yes. You know, a little bit later in scripture, you have Abram. He says those same words, here am I. And then God says, take your wife. Pack your things. Go to a land that I'll tell you about. And then you've later in scripture, you've got the boy Samuel. He says those words, here am I. They're all saying these words, here am I. Here am I. Here am I. The boy Samuel, he says, here am I. And then he begins a long career of speaking truth to the powers that be. Especially... King Saul. And sometimes that was unpleasant news when Saul had done wrong in God's sight and Samuel was the deliverer of that message. And following God in that, yes, probably meant he went to bed thinking like, I don't know if I'm going to have my head in the morning, let alone my job, you know, like, I don't know the outcome of this. And then we have Mary, here am I. This young girl, probably just old enough to bear a child in her body, and she's pondering, and she's wondering, and she's asking. And then she says those words that change everything. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. And then she gives birth to the one who would make serving the way 
of abundant life. She would give birth to the one who would come not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom to many. She would give birth to the one who turned everything upside down. You know, the name of Mary's baby was Jesus, and in Hebrew, his name is Yeshua, which means Yahweh. God liberates. God's way brings freedom. Jesus will bring about a new kind of kingdom and a whole new way of life. And in this new kingdom, love is everything. Like it is the way every time. And in this new kingdom, everything's going to be turned upside down. Everything is going to be turned on its head. See, in this kingdom, it's going to look opposite of the kingdom of this world. Because in the kingdom of this world, we think of freedom as in self-expression. In the kingdom of this world, when we think of freedom, we think like freedom to do whatever I want. But Mary is giving birth to Jesus who says the kingdom of heaven has arrived and in the kingdom of heaven, that is reversed. Freedom actually comes through commitment to a life of love. It is in the restraints of obedience to God that we find freedom. When we are willing to serve God, do whatever God asks of us, that's, that life of love is freeing. When we can stop asking, like, what's in it for me? How does it help me? What can I get out of it? We begin to follow Jesus in the Eucharist way, you know, to be taken and blessed and broken and then given for the healing of the world. When we present ourselves as God's servants, like with open arms to hearing what it is God asks of us, what we're doing is we're taking our place in that long line of faithful people who have done that. And we find ourselves free then to love in little ways and big ways, to be available to the adventures, the crazy adventures that God has in store for us, for the work that God needs to do in you and through you, that the work that God has designed you for, uniquely to do, that is really the beauty of it. Even though maybe some of you have never even thought, like, what is God asking me to do? I don't know, I never thought about it. That, just because you haven't thought of it, doesn't mean that God is actually working in and through and behind the scenes of your life to be preparing you. Mary has already taken, um, she's already taken care of like giving birth to the Holy Child, so God's not going to ask you and I to do that. But I don't think that the angels would be any less excited to hear your yes. Perhaps they're holding their breath, waiting on your answer as God's Spirit prompts you to something. Because when the Spirit prompts you to something, don't think just because you can't hear it that there isn't a heavenly host singing Alleluia when you say yes like Mary did. 
And it's interesting because it's not just individuals who say yes, here am I. It's also communities. Sometimes God gives communities opportunities and gifts and nudges by his spirit. And sometimes your participation is participation in a group yes. Sometimes it's through a group like the church that you'll be asked to help a group say yes to God's call. And that just makes me curious. It makes me wonder, like, what does God have in store for us in the new year? What will God ask of this community right here? Tim mentioned this, but on December 27th, the Sunday after Christmas, we will be online only. Um, We've prepared a special service, which is a bit of a year in review. And as we were pulling that together, I was just laughing and marveling at all of the things we've been invited into this year that we never could have predicted, the really unique and different things of 2020. And for all of you who call this place home, you've been a part of that, yes. You have been a part of that, yes. You have been a part of delivering food to a needy village in Guatemala through your presence and your partnership in this community of faith. You've been a part of providing life-saving medical equipment to a place, a hospital in the Congo. Just this very week, you Platt Park Church people have been a part of feeding 50 homeless youth at Urban Peak. Your presence and your partnership makes it possible to provide worship and groups and serving opportunities and hope to people. That's a group kind of a yes that we do together. So when God asks something of us as a church or you as an individual particularly, when God's spirit, you know, nudges you to like call your friend, drop something off for that neighbor, when God's spirit prompts you to change or move or stay when you don't want to stay, you don't need to go find new words. Because Mary's words will do. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. So may you keep those words, here am I, servant of the Lord, may you keep them like in your back pocket. May you be ready to respond even to that which you may not fully understand. With faith and with hope and with love, with trust, with surrender, may you join in that long line of faithful servants who said those words, here am I. Let's pray together as we close. Lord, we thank you that all of your promises are yes and amen, that they have come true in the birth of Jesus. And as we wait and continue to prepare our hearts, as we continue to open up this space, will you come and fill, fill us with your good work. Fill us with your words of comfort where we need them. Fill us with your hope where we need it. 
Jesus, give us your endurance where our endurance is long gone. We trust and we know that the one who endured resides in us. We trust you in us in these days. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Crying again. Did you miss the Christmas concert blooper? It was me, people. It was me. Every communion opportunity is an s- opportunity to say, here, I'm, here I am. That commitment of coming to the table to dine with God, to receive from God, to be nourished, and then to go out and spread that love. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and broke it and said, this is my body, broken for you, take and eat in memory of me. And after that supper, Jesus took a cup of wine and said, this is the cup of the new covenant, my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim me until I come again. I invite you to gather your communion supplies here or at home or even in your imagination because that counts too. And hear the words, the body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen.